Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is our special Friday episode where we have Jameson Stewart join us on the podcast. Jameson, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you, Michael. Yeah, unfortunately, you guys don't get to see our beautiful faces, but you do get to hear our wonderful voices, and hopefully that will not be a detriment to your day. Today, we're talking about the overall state of the AFC. All week long, we had guests from the Memphis School of Preaching, some students as their quarter wound down. They got to join me on the podcast, talk about each division specifically. But Jameson, like we did last week, I'm going to set a timer for three minutes, and I'm going to get you to go ahead and talk about the overall state of the AFC as you see it, some of the things that have happened. We're going to stick away from free agents as best as possible. Uh, But just kind of sticking to some of the big storylines that are going on, obviously, as we get started, we know one of the number one storylines is Lamar Jackson. You can or you can't cover that. It's up to you. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold it against you either way. But he's still with the Ravens. right? Currently, it hadn't changed. Currently, he is. He's available to talk to people, but he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Yeah. Okay. so I'm going to start the timer now. All right. The AFC East, you got the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots and Jets. That's the order they finished in last year. I would expect the Bills to come in first place again. Um, I think the Dolphins, if they can get Tua back and they can show flashes of what they showed last year, um, the Dolphins may make another run at the playoffs. I don't know that they come in first place, but they're a solid team. Um, If they don't have Tua, then I think they're in trouble. Patriots and Jets, uh, they've got a lot of questions to answer. So in the AFC East, I look for the Bills to be back on top again, um, and really I'd be shocked if anyone other than the Bills won that division. Um, in the AFC North, probably this is definitely the most entertaining division um, in the entire AFC. Uh, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, that's how they finished last year. Ravens, I'm going to operate under the assumption that they keep Lamar Jackson. If they lose him, then they could wind up on the bottom of this division pretty easily. But with him, they're a competitive team. Uh, really, this division, if Deshaun Watson can come back and look like he did in his prime with the Texans, uh, if the Steelers continue, their quarterback continues to get better, really this division could be anyone's to win. Um, until someone can prove me wrong, I would still probably think, to me, I would slightly lean towards the Bengals to win. But – you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in NFL season for a team, but that's a very good division, and there's not a lot of room between um, any of those four teams potentially, especially the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. They're all very evenly matched, and uh, that could be a very tight race again. The AFC South, um, I would look for the Jaguars to be back on top of that division. Titans, Colts, and Texans, look for the Colts and Texans to maybe get a little bit better. I think the Titans are going to get worse. That should be the Jaguars' division to lose. And then the AFC West, uh, maybe there's not all that much excitement here because you got the Chiefs and everybody else. Chargers are really good. Raiders maybe are going to take a step back. They may may, may take a step forward. Um, the Broncos, look for them to get a little bit better with Sean Payton being there, helping them fix some problems. Uh, but, yeah, I would look for the Kansas City Chiefs to be back on top of that division. I'd be really surprised – if uh, Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs aren't only on top of that division again, but if they're not back in the AFC Championship again, I'd be really, really surprised at the end of the year. 20 seconds to spare. Look at you go, man. You just Oh, wow. Flying well, through Well, you, uh, you disagreed with, with one of our guest hosts this week. 
who had the, oh, yeah? the flaming hot take that the Buffalo Bills were going to go 3-14. and 14. Um, <laughs> Must have been like a Patriots fan or his, something. <laughs> his family are definitely big Patriots fan, uh, fans. Yeah, so see, there you go. I ended up taking the the right to pick their record away from him and I did it. I said they're going to go fit they're going to go 14 and 3. That they were 13 and 3 this year. Yeah. They were losing at the time that the DeMar Hamlin incident happened. And so you could kind of say that they were probably going to lose the Bengals were driving, but the thing about that last I checked, football is 60 minutes. Yeah, there's no way to know how that game would have turned out. Right. So they were they were one game off of my prediction this year, and they have pretty much the same schedule next year overall. You know, a couple of matchups that are tough. They do play the Chiefs. I think they play the 49ers. You know, some of those are going to be interesting, but they should be able to come out on top of that division again. I think you're right. Uh, moving on to probably the most interesting and unique storyline in the AFC right now is who is yet to come and join the AFC, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He is not currently on a team that is not named the Packers, but they continue to sign wide receiver after wide receiver. They sign Alan Lazard to a big contract, and then they go after Odell Beckham Jr., apparently on Twitter. Do you think it's possible that if this doesn't work out, that this would be the biggest blunder in Jets history, that they would go out and get all these players that Aaron is reportedly saying that he would like to play with, they trade away Elijah Mitchell to the Steelers or to the Browns. That would have been much better if it was to the Steelers. But they trade him to the Browns. Do you think it's possible if they get all these guys and then somehow the Packers say, "Hey, you know the Falcons offered us a first-round pick next year for Aaron Rodgers. We're taking that." Would that be the biggest blunder of all time? Well, I wouldn't think of all time. I mean, at the very least, they are going to improve the team they have, um, at least the receiving core. So. You know, at the, even if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, in theory, they will have improved their team. So, as far as a letdown to their fan base, it might be the biggest letdown. Um, you know, to go from thinking we're going to get Aaron Rodgers to go to not getting Aaron Rodgers and having to play whoever the quarterback is in New York now, um, that would be maybe the biggest letdown for Jets fans, or at least one of the biggest ones. But you know, I'm sitting here looking at the standings from last year, and out the Bills allowed 286 points throughout the season. Next in that division is the Jets, who gave up 316. Their defense is there. They just got to figure out how to score some points. And if they can do that, they'll be a pretty good team. So, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, they'd be really interesting. Without him, I don't think they'll be terrible, but they're not winning the division. Right. I wonder how many of those uh... – makeshift jerseys on fanatics and stuff that you can design your own how many jets fans have already jumped the gun and bought <laughs> rogers jerseys and such uh that would be kind of interesting to see if there was a stat on that but i doubt we'll find it um, be a lot of bonfires in new york if rogers does not come <laughs> right <laughs> so the open discussion part here which AFC quarterback is most likely to win the mvp well i have left patrick mahomes off of all of these because I mean, he's the easy answer to all of these. So I'm operating under the assumption that Patrick Mahomes probably wins it, but here's who else might win it. Um, To me, the AFC quarterback MVP is Josh Allen. Um, Just everything he brings to the table. There's some other really good quarterbacks in this league, but to me, uh, 
he's capable of having a fantastic year throwing the ball, but also what he can add on the ground. Um, so, and plus what his team can do. So I, I'd take Josh Allen, which means I have to take Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm oh, taking Patrick who, Mahomes. Oh, I'm not betting you against him. I, I, I have a soft <laughs> yeah. spot for this guy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's won me a couple championships. He's definitely made my team better and he's just so fun to watch. I tell people all the time, if the Steelers are playing, the Steelers are on the main TV on my iPad is the Chiefs, and I'm watching because you never know what that guy's going to do Sunday to Sunday that makes you just absolutely bug-eyed about what he just accomplished. So yeah. the other one would be Joe Burrow. I think he's he did not have the turnover offensively. They are going to have to trade Jonah Williams apparently because of a signing they made, but he didn't have the offensive turnover that a lot of people projected with like T. Higgins going somewhere or wherever else. So he's a dark horse candidate. You want a true dark horse candidate, though, for AFC quarterback, most likely to win the MVP, Russell Wilson. Uh, if if Sean Payton is as great as we all think he is, I think we will see that this season with Russ. If if Russ does not improve, I believe they move off of him next year and try to recoup and get another quarterback. Um, all right, which AFC player is most likely to win comeback player of the year all right i kind of split this because i think it could be either way but either one of these guys are a shoe in if they're able to come back and play a whole year damar hamlin or tua tunga vailoa um either one of those guys the script kind of writes itself if they come back and play well um you know to me it's either one of those guys easily could be it i agree with you there i think that's probably the most slam dunk of slam dunk picks that you could make I'll throw in this just because, technically speaking, he missed most of the season at, at one point or another. T.J. Watt could be a dark horse for that. Yeah. But I, I think he's more in line to fall behind those two for sure. Yeah, the, the comeback player of the year is kind of a, a feel-good story usually. And while Watt would certainly deserve it, it's, you know, the, the feel-good story is not there as it would be with Tua or DeMar Hamlin. But I'd feel good about it. But oh, yeah, Steelers it. fans would feel great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which AFC player is most likely to win Offensive Player of the Year? All right. This is maybe a shot in the dark here, but I think he's capable of doing this. Um, I put down Travis Etienne. Okay. Um, He brings, as a running back, he's kind of the focal point in their backfield. He brings everything to the table. Catch the ball in the backfield, great back running the ball. He's capable. If he can stay healthy, you know, he's kind of an Austin Eckler type guy, I think, and he can put up some big numbers uh, if they'll give him the ball, which I think they will if he's healthy. Yeah. So um, pay attention to ETN this next year. Yeah. I have three, and go. I'll list them in the order that I think it will happen. Um, I believe Justin Herbert is up there for this. He, he's he got the tools. He's just got terrible coaches. Uh, Trevor Lawrence comes to mind as a guy that could easily – their offense – is very scary right now, and that's pre-draft, where they might make some more moves and additions because they're not going to be able to keep Evan Ingram, so they could easily draft a tight end, a Darnell Washington-type guy. That would terrify me if I were in the AFC South because the Jaguars are poised to be good for a very long time. This, the So that's the second player is Trevor Lawrence. The third player, it's more of a homer pick, but it's Najee Harris. The Steelers have gone bargain bin shopping again for offensive linemen, but this time around, I actually think they've gotten the most bang for their buck. And I'll talk about that more next week in the overview of the NFL free agency episodes that I'm going to be doing. But if this year Najee does not have the type of season 
similar to Alabama production. He's never going to have the exact same, you know, 2,000 yards and 30 touchdowns or whatever. But if he doesn't have, you know, 1,400 yards rushing, 600 yards receiving, if he doesn't have like around 2,000 all-purpose yards and double-digit touchdowns, you're going to have to start having the conversation of him being a failed pick. And only because of the expectation that he was going to be the next Derrick Henry, he has not done that yet, and he needs to. But if he does, I could see him being the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, AFC player most likely to win Defensive Player of the Year. I put T.J. Watt for this one. No disagreement. Um, If he comes back and he's healthy, um, it could be him all day. You know, years ago – you could see a defensive back win this award. Troy Polamalu did it. Ed Reed did it. Yeah. Uh, but it seems today they favor the sacks more than they favor the interceptions and that impact. So I, I agree that it could be T.J. Watt. Another guy, though, that would be interesting to see would be Von Miller if he gets a full season to be healthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he could win it, too, because that, that defense in Buffalo is very scary. And the other idea that kind of comes to my mind as well Maybe this is a year where Cam Hayward gets some love, too, and actually finally has the statistics that he could have always had but just never really seemed to work out. But I agree, TJ's the, the, the front runner. All right, not named the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> Which AFC <laughs> That's how I approach this. is most likely to make it to the Super Bowl? I put the Bills. Um, I just – the Jaguars, I'm with you. I think, to me, the other two teams are the Jags and uh, – Right now, I guess the Bengals. But I, I'm just going to take the Bills. I think it's their time's coming. They've kept this team together for a while. They have a very good team. Um, all they need is to win to uh, to win the number one seed in the AFC so that everyone has to come to Buffalo and play. Yeah. Um, late in the playoffs Cincinnati like that. Cincinnati would probably like to yeah, do that. Yeah, they might. Um, but it's like if they can do that, um, and, and I think they will, um, they are they're, they're going to be set up, I think, to to be very good this year. Uh, I I don't think they're going to go three and fourteen. No, I I, I agree there. <laughs> I can't I can't pick anybody in the AFC North because I don't think the Steelers are there yet. I'd love for them to be there, but I don't I don't see it. It and it, it would be a hot take, and that's the next segment. Um, I'll say the Jaguars are a very huge dark horse, and in the sense of. Before Mahomes got hurt, they were kind of carving the Jaguars up. Once Mahomes got Mahomes got hurt, the Jaguars started to kind of settle into that game, and they didn't lose it by a whole lot. And they did very well in their first year with Doug Peterson. Uh, they've gone out and improved their team offensively and defensively. They still have a host of draft picks to deal with, and Trevor Lawrence is still on a rookie contract, so they could continue to to kind of shore up some some holes there. So I could see the Jaguars. They've got a cupcake division right now. I could see them making it to the Super Bowl if they could, if they get the right matchups. But I think the Bills are the most likely outside of the Chiefs. Um, well, let's move on then to our hot takes, and I'm going to get you to do your three, and you'll do one. I'll do one. We'll we'll go that way. So I think you started last time. Is that correct? Do you remember? Uh yeah, that'll be. I can't remember, but I'll, sure. I'll yeah, start. you go with yours. My first hot take is that the Cincinnati Bengals will have a losing season. They have lost a bunch of defensive depth in their backfield. Um, They are at that point where I don't know that picking late in the first round has been their specialty because they haven't done it in several years. 
And Dax Hill, their pick from last year, is kind of an unknown. They don't know if he's good or not. You're basically having to take another flyer like that this season as well. And so they haven't really been very active. They signed one player uh, that would really make a big impact for them, but they let two of their best players leave in free agency. And they're in a division where the quarterbacks are throwing the ball more. You do have Deshaun Watson who throws. Kenny Pickett had like three games last year where he threw 40-plus times as a rookie. And Lamar is also known to throw the ball. It's not his specialty, but I think you could get carved up if you're not careful. I also believe that when you have to go against the likes of Mahomes and Josh Allen and Herbert and these other guys, you can't have the back end be so barren like that. So I'm gonna. that's my first hot take. The Cincinnati Bengals will have a losing season this year. Mm, yeah, that is, that is a hot take. Um, my first one was the Titans will be the worst team in the AFC. Maybe the worst team in all the NFL. Wow, that is a good one, though. I like that. They have they they are clearly um, clearing house to me. Getting rid of Derrick Henry, Tannehill. They've been wanting to get rid of him a long time. They don't have a quarterback. Um, I don't know that Malik Willis is the dude, but yeah, I think the Titans, the Titans get a lot worse this year. All right, my second hot take. I'll I'll save my last AFC North hot take for the end. Okay, I did have two. My second hot take is this: the Colts will not draft a quarterback next month. They will not sign Lamar Jackson in this scenario either. They will continue to build their team, and they will mortgage their their life away next season to try to jump up for Caleb Williams or to go and trade for a quarterback. You know, Lamar could be available next year as well. If Lamar comes back, he's not playing in Baltimore past this season. I don't think the Ravens will do that dance again. I know he won't uh, by the way he's been talking. So I, I will say the Colts, they're at four. There's a bunch of talk about a team jumping them at three with Arizona. You could see a scenario where Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young are all gone. Same with C.J. Stroud. If, you're, if your fourth best option is the guy that you ranked the least of all four of them, go get Will Anderson and just call it a day and continue to build to where when your rookie quarterback does come in, he's actually able to thrive. That's what these teams do wrong too many times. Carolina, I think, is separated from that, but too many teams leapfrog to get a quarterback that they don't need on a team that has so many holes that when they do get the quarterback, he dies. Like, he never lives to tell the tale. And that's what's happening with Tua. It is what's somewhat happening with Justin Herbert because they've also been struggling with him. And it happened the first season with Joe Burrow until they finally figured out, we want to keep this guy upright. And so I, that's my second hot take, though, is that the uh, – I don't even remember what I said now. What was it? Oh, that the Colts will not draft a quarterback. Yeah, there you go. My bad. Um, I'll save my second one because it's also about the AFC North. Um, okay. Who knows? We might have the same one. So I'll I'll give you my third one here. All right. The Broncos win ten games. Okay. Maybe I can see. I, that. I wasn't. I was thinking about my playoff picture. Maybe they make the playoffs. Um, but I think they. To me, that team's going to go one of two directions, and I choose to think positively about Sean Payton. They're either going to get a lot better, and Payton's going to figure it out, and I think that's why he went there because he thinks I can fix this. Or Russell Wilson is not fixable, and then I do agree with you. If if he has another year like he just had, then they're going to cut their losses and they're going to move on. Um, so, but but I th- I think they get it fixed. I think Broncos are going to turn it around. They're going to win ten games. All right, my third hot take: Kenny Pickett will have the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes style jump. 
and he will be a very excellent quarterback in year two. The offense is all there. He made some throws last year that I would look at my dad and go, I don't know why he threw that ball, but it fit him perfectly. It was a great throw, and I I feel the same way a lot of times watching Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Mahomes. You watch them throw the ball, and you think there's no way, and it fits him perfectly. And there were several plays like that last year as a rookie where he was thrust into the season midway through, you know, the fourth week of the year. That that seems to be – or the sixth week of the year. That seems to be something that a lot of people are not talking about, but I think that Kenny Pickett will take a year-two leap a la Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert. That kind of thing will happen. Yeah, mine is uh, my last one is there's going to be there will be three playoff teams from the AFC North. So they do match together, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who the, the three Browns. will be, no. <laughs> but 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 it's I think I think there's there's a strong possibility of there being three playoff teams, especially when you consider some of the other divisions have such have some really bad teams. Um, there, I think you could have three playoff teams from the AFC North this upcoming year. I can see that, and I hope it. I hope it is the Steelers because if if the Steelers could do what the Packers have done the last couple of quarterbacks and go from one to the other, oh yeah, man, that would be nice. Um, I do think Kenny Pickett has all the tools, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, well, we we did last week some dynasty football, you know, dynasty fantasy football explanations, kind of in explaining what it's like. Today, I wanted to just kind of give an idea of what standard scoring versus PPR would be. And when we say standard scoring, what I mean is if you were to join Sleeper and start a Dynasty League and just simply say, we don't want to do any frills, no bells and whistles, standard scoring is basically you get points for yardage and touchdowns. Once you go to PPR, you can have a little bit of two different ways. Some don't like the first way that I'm going to tell you, but I think it is something that needs to be done, and I'll I'll make my case, and then I'll let you decide for yourselves. But the first is points per rush, PPR. A running back that touches the ball less and less in today's game should be profited when he is given the ball because the team is saying, hey, we will give Austin Eckler 18 carries a game. We will give Najee Harris 30 carries at some times, and he may only have 30 carries for 100 yards and no touchdowns, but that 100 yards ground out a victory for them. You could do PPR point per rush. Now, you can do full PPR or half PPR. Uh, half point per rush, full point per rush. I recommend a, a modified version of that and and kind of say either split the difference with a running back and go .25 points or half. Don't go a full point. We've tried that. It, it makes the running back score an insane amount of points. Uh, that's, that's the first one, though, is points per rush then you also have point per reception I demand that you do that if I were making a league I think it is necessary uh the days of seeing Brandon Marshall catch 21 passes and some of these other guys is long gone you don't see that as much and it could be that a Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith and Tyreek Hill uh, there are games where Tyreek has 10 catches 198 yards and three touchdowns there's a game where Tyreek has five catches for 200 yards, and no touchdowns. And the points per reception gives you a guaranteed amount of points for that. The benefit with having PPR versus standard scoring, it brings a level of parity to the league. It makes people a little bit more even, 
a little bit more able to say, hey, I don't have Cooper Cup who's going to get 20 catches a game, or I don't have Cooper Cup who's getting all the yards and touchdowns, but I do have this guy. He's the Steelers' best option, or he's you know he's a very reliable Stephon Diggs. He gets 118 catches a year. I can count on those points from him. The other thing that you need to know about this, and I won't get in too far into it because we need to talk about this at another time, there is also a tight end PPR. And the tight end PPR seeks to try to bring the tight ends in more of a uniformed setting as well. Outside of Travis Kelsey, let's be real, George Kittle's the very next player that you would see in that conversation, and it's a free fall after that. Darren Waller has not been great for the last two seasons since he got hurt, I think, three years ago. Mark Andrews has struggled even to be at the top like he had once been. So it's Travis Kelsey. Then you go down several tiers to George Kittle, and then you go down a million tiers to everybody else. Points per reception for a tight end, though, is a bonus reception. So he gets the standard PPR, say it's one point. He gets one point for catching the ball, but because he's a tight end, he gets another point and a half. This is trying to make it even because the guy who has Kelsey may have to rely on Pat Fryermuth, for example, on a bye week. Well, Pat Fryermuth is nowhere near. I love him, but he's nowhere near Travis Kelsey. Kelsey might score a game where he gets 30 points. He had five catches for four touchdowns and like 30 yards like he did on a Monday night game this past season. Pat Fryermuth might have a game where he has eight catches for 95 yards and one touchdown. The scoring won't be that far off with the PPR and the tight end PPR. So that's something to consider. Uh, Jameson, we've done both ways um, what do you think about standard scoring versus PPR? I, I mean, standard scoring is fine. It's just there's a lot less complicated. Um, it's a lot less – there's a lot less that goes into it. Um, if you're looking to set your lineup, it's not nearly as – you know, if you're looking to be more involved in a fantasy football league, then I'd say PPR is the way to go. Um, it's To me, it's really enjoyable. Um, there's a lot more thought that has to go into setting a lineup. Uh, standard scoring is great, but um, it's just there's not as much to it. So it kind of depends on how much you're wanting to really get into it. Yeah, I think that's a really great analysis there. I'm going to flip a coin. Call it near. You ready? Heads. It is heads. How about that? So you may you may pick when you've joined. Do you want the number one pick or the number two pick? Give me the number two pick. I guess the computer's going to do one and four. Yeah, they'll do uh, they'll do three and four, I guess, yeah. All right, with the first pick, I am going to take Patrick Mahomes. We're starting a fantasy draft here. I'm going to take the guy that I think is the best in the league. All right, well, I thought you'd do that to me. Of course. Take Josh Allen. All right, so we... Had the reversal there, so Joe Burrow, Josh Allen went, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Jamison is back on the clock. Hmm. I think it's hard. Well. It's a two-quarterback league if that changes your mind on anything. Okay, sure. I'll take Justin Herbert then. (laughs) I figured you'd do that. So we're at a part now where I can take Trevor Lawrence, um, and I I feel like I kind of need to do that, so I'll do that, and I I get a back-to-back here. So, I know for a fact Jalen Hurts is gone, but the best wide receiver on the board is A.J. Brown. I'm going to take him. Mm. So, I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. All right. Now all the running backs are going. Jamison is back on the clock. We'll, I'll do a draft recap. Jamison will have to hop off the show after we get this draft done, but 
I'll do a draft recap and give you guys all the players that, that went. And I'll take Kenneth Walker. Okay, here we go. So now I'm at a part where I'm going to continue to build my wide receivers. And this is not like me, but I have a reason for that. Go ahead and get my wide receivers, and I'm going to take the guy that you said you thought could be the offensive player of the year with Travis Etienne. Oh, there you go. So I got Tyreek Hill and then Travis Etienne. Take Jalen Waddle. Okay. Wide receivers are going, they're going, they're going. Apparently I'm starting to run on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I'll take Travis Kelsey. All right. I was afraid you would do that. <laughs> I'm going to take Najee Harris and Nick Chubb. Take Cooper Cup. Okay. Wow, Kyle Pitts was the second tight end taken by the computer there. Mm. Take uh, TJ Hawkinson as the okay. th- third tight end. I'm going to take Derrick Henry, and I will also take my first tight end here. Oh, I thought you were going to take a kicker. No, actually, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Let's do this. Let's go back to wide receiver. Let me see here. Ah, I actually think what I will do is I will go back to the running back realm and I will take a guy that is going to have a really good year, I think. I'll take Ramondre Stevenson. So I've taken five running backs now in a row. Hmm. I'm going to take Tony Pollard. Let's see. You said this was a two-quarterback league? Yep. I guess it wouldn't hurt to have a backup, would it? No. So I'll take Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take George Kittle. I think that is a steal at round 10. Oh, yeah, number 10 um, for sure. And I will also go ahead and grab another tight end. I uh, think, well, no, I won't do that. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver room here because there's a bunch of guys that are starting to go. Oh, can't take Debo Samuel, but I can take this guy. I'm going to take Scary Terry. There you go. McLaurin. And round out my wide receiver room there. Take Damian Pierce. Yeah, figures you would do that. <laughs> and I'll take Dalvin Cook as well. Okay, so now we're at a part where I need to worry about... I'm not even drafting a kicker or defense, just so you know. Um, yeah, that's fine. I won't I either. need to worry about a backup quarterback. I'll take Justin Fields and... Need another tight end. I'll go ahead and grab Pat Fryermuth. Uh, we'll take Jerry Judy. There you go. Yeah. If their passing game rebounds, maybe he has a great year. Right. I'll take Debo Samuel. All right, my last two picks. I will come over here with Christian Watson, and I will also take the best running back that I can take, which would be, you know, call me crazy. I will. But I'm going to take Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, there you go. That'll round out my team there, yeah. I'm going to take uh, Miles Sanders. Jameson, I know you've got to go pick up your son, so yep. I'm going to let you go, and I will recap this draft myself. I think I can speak pretty well for you on these picks, what your thought process was, uh, and I'll also try to explain what we did. Uh, Jameson, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We'll save our debate for next week. That'll work. All right, brother. Take care. All right. All right, well, now that we are just us, I'm going to go ahead and cover very quickly this mock draft that is available here for us to consider. In Dynasty, two-quarterback league, you're, you're really wanting the quarterbacks to go first. I understand what Team 3 and 4 did. We'll talk about it in a minute. But in reality, they, they really messed up in not securing their quarterbacks first. 
If you notice, I waited to draft running backs. Uh, That was just kind of a strategy that I wanted to employ myself. Uh, And I also think you'll notice the type of running back I targeted because of the way the board felt. But at number one, I took Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in Dynasty football. You can't debate it. He is absolutely the best. He has the ability to score a touchdown every game, no matter the score, no matter what, he scores. Number two, the best quarterback is Josh Allen. We're talking fantasy purposes only here. Josh Allen is number two. That was Jamison's pick. Number three surprised me. The computer went with Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. I understand the sentiment, but I think Jalen Hurts' dual threat of the ability to run and pass makes him jump up to the number three quarterback in my rankings. And so I would have had Jalen Hurts go before Burrow. Burrow does belong in the first round, though, in this scenario. He is a top four pick. He goes at four in my draft. But in this draft, Team Four took Jalen Hurts. How it works in fantasy football and in dynasty leagues as well, if you draft at the back end of the first round, you get to do two picks in a row. And then when it weeds back to the guy who picked first overall, in this case that was me, he gets two picks in a row. And that's to try to keep the parity going. So at 104, they took Jalen Hurts, and then at 201, they took Justin Jefferson. I I think they should have had Justin, uh, not Justin, yeah, Justin Herbert. Too many Justins. I think they should have had Justin Herbert there instead of Jefferson, but I understand. And the Team 3 did a stack where they took Joe Burrow and his running mate, Jamar Chase. I get it. I understand. That does make sense. Uh, But I still think that Trevor Lawrence should have been drafted there. At 2-3, Jamison lucked out and got Justin Herbert. I got Trevor Lawrence at 2-4. I was back on the clock again at 3-1, and I took A.J. Brown to try to keep the fourth team from getting their running mate and A.J. Brown. Jamison surprised me. He took Christian McCaffrey. I think that's a good pick, though, but Jonathan Taylor was on the board. He's been a little bit healthier over the last several years, uh, but Christian McCaffrey is still a slam dunk. Then Brees Hall went to the third team. That's the automatic draft. They took Jonathan Taylor at team four, and then they rounded out for the fourth round beginning with C.D. Lamb. Then the third team took Amon Ross St. Brown. Jamison dipped back into the running back realm and took my favorite running back from last year's class, K-9, Kenneth Walker. That left me with a difficult choice, and so what I decided to do was get another really great wide receiver and trust that the running backs were going to fall to me. That is incidentally what happened. I took Tyreek Hill. You could still argue Tyreek belongs as the third best wide receiver. I actually got him as the fifth wide receiver taken, or sixth actually. So I'll I'll take that value all day. And then in round five, I took Travis Etienne. Jamison took Jalen Waddell. Stephon Diggs and T. Higgins went to teams three and four. The sixth round then started with Saquon Barkley going to team four, Eckler going to team three. Jamison takes the best tight end. He gets Travis Kelsey. What a steal that was for him at the sixth round in this scenario. This is where my running back run really happened. I take back-to-back Najee Harris and Nick Chubb. Jamison goes back to Cooper Cup. You go to Josh Jacobs, team three, Kyle Pitts, team four. Team four is back on the clock with Devontae Adams. Then DK Metcalf to team three. Jamison dipped back into the well for a tight end. I go again with a running back, Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson. Running backs, they're a weak spot for me, and they they really probably always will be. 
Jamison takes Tony Pollard. He should have a big season in Dallas this year. Garrett Wilson to Team 3, Devontae Smith to Team 4, Chris Olave at the 10th round to Team 4, Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson go back-to-back. Team 3 takes Andrews, Jamison takes Lamar. I get George Kittle. Uh, we said that we thought it would be Travis Kelsey. You go down several tiers, there's George Kittle. I get the second tight end on the board, and I got him four rounds later, and after selecting three more running backs, or four more running backs, I'll take that value all day long. I then took Scary Terry to round out my wide receiver room. Jamison takes Damian Pierce, stellar pick from last year. The third team takes Michael Pittman. Fourth takes DeAndre Swift. Then they took Jamison Williams, or Javante Williams, excuse me. He tore his ACL last year. I don't know how he's going to do in Denver. Uh, You know, Sean Payton usually doesn't do a workhorse back. Joe Mixon went to Team 3 at the 12th round. Dalvin Cook to Jamison. I took Justin Fields. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Pat Fryermuth, I opened up the 13th round. And I'll just close it out this way because after round 13, teams three and four took a kicker in defense. We weren't doing that. I took Fryermuth. Jamison took Jerry Judy. There's rumors of him being traded. Alvin Kamara went to team three. J.K. Dobbins went to team four. I then took Christian Watson and... Also took Isaiah Pacheco. Jamison took Debo Samuel and Miles Sanders. If I had to guess whose roster was better, I have to give it up to Jamison at getting the quality talent at the top of the draft. I do have the best quarterback, but he has the better quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen will be very dangerous uh, combination if he were to actually start with his team. Christian McCaffrey and Kenneth Walker, Known for finding the end zone. Travis Kelsey, that's all he does. Jalen Waddell, I mean, hey, he was a guy that had a very good second season last year. Cooper Cup, an injury removed from being back-to-back crowned receiving champion. He takes TJ Hawkinson, and he also gets the ability to take Jerry Judy and Debo Samuel. I like my running backs better overall. I was able to get ETN, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Ramondre Stevenson, and I do think that he suffers after, uh, basically, I would go Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Kenneth Walker. Everything else after that is somewhat of an unknown and a wash. All in all, this exercise, though it might have seemed complicated, took us about 10 minutes to do. And if you would like to do a draft with us, a mock draft, or start a league, reach out to us at Goat versus Goat at gmail.com, and I want to make sure that you guys know, as we continue on next week, we will begin our AFC and NFC free agency recap. But until then, take care.